This is episode number one, two, one with the vegan trainer and best-selling author, Tay Sweat. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, lifestyle entrepreneur and fitness trainer. My goal is for you to gain more clarity on what the best version of yourself looks like, what the best version of yourself is capable of, and then to give you the tools, tips, and inspiration on how to make that person a reality. Today I bring you Tay Sweat. When Tay was just 15 years old, he weighed 312 pounds and was diagnosed with diabetes. Now he's a vegan trainer who helps thousands of people transition to the vegan diet and feel healthier and more energetic. Not only that, but he is a serial entrepreneur who is a business mentor who helps people grow and scale their online businesses. In this episode, Tay talks about his journey losing 120 pounds. He talks about what vegan means, what keto means, and what intermittent fasting is and how he only eats two hours during the day and what the benefits of all of these are. He talks about a couple of big turning points in his business career, what allows him to level up, and what the biggest mistake is that a lot of entrepreneurs are making. Make sure that you share this episode with a friend or family member. Share it with someone who is big into nutrition. Share it with someone who is working through a weight loss journey themselves. Share it with a young entrepreneur who you know could benefit from hearing this awesome advice that Tay gives. When you're listening, take a screenshot of the episode and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at carrier underscore best you and Tay at Tay Sweat, T-A-Y-S-W-E-A-T. Let us know your favorite part. Let us know your experiences with veganism, the keto diet, or intermittent fasting. And make sure you click subscribe. You don't want to miss the list of amazing guests that we have lined up for you guys. I've never been more excited about the state of this podcast than I am right now, so I hope you guys are too. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on getting closer to the best version of yourself today with the one, the only, Tay Sweat. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I have Tay Sweat with me today, and we're going to have such a valuable episode where we're going to talk about so many different great things that I'll get to in just a second. But I want to start off by saying, Tay, I really appreciate you spending the time with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, definitely. So for you guys who don't know who he is, Tay is also known as the vegan trainer. Um, he helps trainers and coaches grow their businesses. He's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, MSNBC. Um, you're an author also of How to Vegan Keto, which I actually just finished um, earlier this morning, and also of The Wild Rabbit. And I absolutely love the book because it really does make a lot of complicated topics that are out there. I guess complicated, you boil it down and make it super simple and actionable for people to start to um, implement into their lives. And so I know we're going to get in to your weight loss story, um, to vegan keto and kind of what those mean, to intermittent fasting and uh, and some entrepreneurship stuff as well. So I'm super excited to get into all of that. Uh, but the way I want to talk, uh, start today is to give uh, me a little bit more context and everybody else a little bit more context on you um, and, and your story. So back when you were 15 years old, uh, you were 312 pounds and you were, you got diagnosed with diabetes, right? So I want you to kind of take everybody through your weight loss journey. I know in about 18 months, you lost, uh, about 120 pounds. And so I want you to, in a few minutes, kind of talk about that story and what allowed you to get to that 120 pound loss after 18 months. Well, man, first of all, you've done an amazing job doing your homework. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on with the numbers. Uh, got, got to. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, that was basically, um, you know, growing up in a single parent household. You know, my mom, she had two kids who were active in sports. She didn't have a lot of time to cook. She's working two jobs and basically playing taxi driver for us coming from all the sports, you know. And um, so she stopped and, you know, basically got us what she could for dinner, things like that, which led me up to, of course, getting uh, up to 300 plus pounds. And it came fast. You know, as an athlete, you really it's really hard to see or feel when you gain weight just because you're used to, you know, moving around with it. Um, but I got up, you know, 300 plus pounds and I didn't realize I was there until literally my freshman year of high school. I tried to play ball because uh, I've been playing basketball my whole life. And the coach goes, hey, man, you're too big. We have to, you know, we have to cut you. We can't allow you to play until you lose some weight. And, you know, I'm kind of taken back thinking, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> I'm too big. What do you mean? And this was kind of like a smack in the face. And, and so, you know, I said, OK, I have to start losing some weight. So at a very young age, I started studying and literally, literally teaching myself about proteins, carbs, fats. Um, and before you know it, man, 
um, in about 18 months, like you said, 120 pounds down. Um, one of the best ways I got it off was through fasting. Had no idea what fasting was. It just made sense to me. Hey, you ate a lot of food to get this on. You got to stop eating. <laughs> so I just, you know, I stopped eating. I would eat one once a day. And I did a lot of, you know, basketball, running, things like that. And the weight fell off. Um, and then, of course, that led me to um, a vegan lifestyle. So it took a little, you know, it took a little while to get there. But within about two years, man, I was eating pretty much fully plant based. Um, diabetes went away. Uh, weight went away. Uh, high blood pressure. Everything that I was dealing with, it all just went away. Okay. And um, I'm the guy who you see now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So here's kind of where... I have a gap in the story that I'm not necessarily sure of. So you lose you lose a bunch of weight and you gained a little bit back and then you kind of find out how to lose it again. So at what point, like what? how old are you when it's like, this is something that I'm going to do for a career. This is something that I'm going to do for a living because I absolutely love studying and learning this material. Right. Um, so I would, I would say it was maybe around 19, 20, um, which is around the time where I gained some back and lost it. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the funny part, which I teach a lot of my vegans. Um, the time I, I gained it back, I was vegan. <laughs> mm. And I was eating a bunch of carbs, right? Because when we go vegan, that's the first thing they tell us, that as long as it's vegan, it's pretty much fair game. So, you know, French fries are vegan. Oreo cookies are vegan, right? And I'm eating all this bread and cookies and cake and, and just a bunch of carbs that are vegan. And I put on weight. And that's when I knew, OK, I have to do a little something different here. Uh, it's not just enough to go vegan and stay vegan. You need to you know, manage your carbs. And when I started losing that weight again and people around me basically are saying, you just do this at ease. huh? It's just, you know, you just snap your fingers and you lose weight. You should help other people do this. Mm. That's when I knew it was it was time to go. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So when you lost all this weight and kind of had these couple of different like weight loss journeys, if you will, I think any kind of journey that's that big and that impactful in our life, we always have people who's around us who are helping us and are influential on those paths. Did you have anybody who was the most influential to you during those couple of weight loss journeys? Yeah, um, believe it or not, one of my biggest influences was my mom. Um, because of course she too, just, you know, like myself, she was also overweight and I knew that if I was, you know, life or death situation, my mom had to be right. So, um, that was a really big influence just to say, Hey, I have to help my mom also uh, lose weight, which she did ended up going vegan and, you know, uh, ended up losing about a hundred pounds as well. Wow. Um, but there is another guy named uh, Dr. Laela Africa. Um, he's a holistic doctor. Um, at the time he was living in Indiana and that man was, he was amazing. <laughs> I had never heard of another man speak about health in the way he did. And from there, I just literally soaked up all I could from him. What do you think is the be- biggest lesson you learned from him? It was, do you think it was more of like a, a philosophical lesson or a more of like a practical lesson that you learned in terms of like how to actually lose it? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, he, the way he educated pretty much anybody who came across his path, he broke things down in the most simple form to understand because most doctors tend to talk over our heads and they use these million dollar words. Nobody gets it. And then we just, you know, we go home not knowing. And he just made things sound so simple and easy to understand. That was one and then number two, um, where I come from, we weren't always shown um, positive individuals who were of African-American descent. We didn't know anybody or I personally didn't know anybody who was um, intelligent as far as health goes. Mm-hmm. But he changed my whole scope of thinking where it was like, OK, I don't have to settle for certain things that I've seen. I could actually be smart and, and focus on health. Because we didn't have, once again, I didn't have a role model yeah. to say this is what health looks like. Where I come from, you you ate McDonald's and fried chicken, and <laughs> it was all, you know, just junk food. And he was the first guy that I saw was, you know, African-American man who was vegan and very intellectual. And that showed me, okay, you can do that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that second part is really cool because I just actually had another interview where somebody was talking about, 
is you have to experience the dream in order to like be motivated to chase it down. Because if you don't, if you don't know the dream is out there, then you don't necessarily know that it's possible or necessarily know how to get there. And I feel like that was a really huge role model and a really huge realization for you that it was something that you can go out there and attain. Absolutely. But now I want to kind of get into the the specifics of vegan and keto because I want to, some pe- people to get some actionable things out of this that they can start to implement into their life. So let's start with just kind of baseline stuff, kind of defining the terms. So vegan, what does being vegan mean? Well, of course, uh, as a vegan trainer, um, I'm going to make sure I uh, segment this properly. Right. You have vegan and then you have plant-based. Mm-hmm. And of course, veganism is basically no animal products, period. Right. Um, no milk, no eggs or no dairy. I mean, literally nothing. As a matter of fact, most vegans try not to even wear animal based products. So there's no leather, no fur, you know, et cetera. Um, however, when you hear some people say vegan, these people will literally eat anything that is not of animal based you know, products. So uh, once again, like I said earlier, Oreos are vegan. Right. <laughs> okay. um, there are a lot of. Uh, what I consider mock or Franken foods that are being created that are vegan, but they are not plant-based. I don't necessarily, you know, I will eat some of those foods as, as, you know, comfort foods, but majority of my diet is plant-based. So then you go over to the plant-based side, which doesn't necessarily mean you have to be vegan. I've seen people who are plant-based who may introduce some, um, you know, dairy, things like that. So, I just kind of combine the two and say, okay, I don't eat any animal products. However, I do it the plant-based route. Mm. So that's kind of, I like to always throw that in there because it is a difference. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. I think that's definitely one of the most important differences to to distinguish. So keto, what everybody has heard about the keto diet has maybe done very limited research on it. So what does the word keto mean? And yeah, let's just start there. Start there. And that's a really good question because it's such a fad right now. Um, yeah. It's so popular that when you, when the average just person off the street hears keto, they think bacon, eggs, and cheese, or right. you know, they think high fat animal products. And that's not necessarily what keto is. Um, keto is short for ketosis, first of all. And ketosis is a state that your body can get into. Um, you can get into ketosis by eating a lower carbohydrate diet, but you can also, you definitely can get into ketosis by way of fasting as well. So intermittent fasting or extended fasting also puts you into ketosis. So for anyone who ever wanted to know what the word ketosis means, it basically just means your body's running on fat. It's a byproduct of the body burning fat for fuel. Mm -hmm. So um, that in a nutshell is what ketosis is. Yeah, because... And just go look, just go that step further in terms of once people's, I guess, carbohydrates are have been depleted. Absolutely. Then they use the fat for energy, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gotcha, gotcha. So now let's go into intermittent fasting because I, th- I think a lot of people don't really realize that like intermittent, I think a lot of people think like either intermittent fasting or keto. I think people think they're two separate things. Like so many people ask me like as the, like, if, should I do this or should I do that? It's like- <laughs> You, you haven't done any research, have you? So I want you to kind of break down what intermittent fasting actually means mm-hmm. and, and I guess in, in your experience a little bit with it. Right. Um, so for the most part, intermittent fasting basically just means for a period of time, an intermittent period of time, you do not eat at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, there's another level where you may not even drink um, anything at all. And then you eat within a small uh, window and it ranges. Some people eat in an eight hour window. Me personally, I usually eat in about a two-hour window um, every day for the most part. Um, And yes, you can get into ketosis (laughs) during this period. And when you actually break your fast, you can have carbs. So this kind of, and in the sense of, you know, the popularity of ketosis, it just blows some people's mind because they're like, wait a minute, you can't have carbs. And it's like, no, you can. (laughs) It just depends on, of course, your goals and, of course, um, what your body actually wants you know we have to do we call it biofeedback you have to listen to your body um but if you're getting results on this type of thing it's totally fine to have those carbs especially if they're a lot of people don't realize that carbs come from fruits and vegetables 
Okay, many of us, you know, we're taught that carbs are like bread and crackers, but but a carbohydrate is in fruits, vegetables, it's in a lot of foods that for the most part is pretty healthy for you, right? And mm-hmm. as long as you're eating these healthier foods, plant-based foods, um, kind of like myself, um, it's okay to intermittent fast, get into ketosis, and then come out of ketosis when you eat these fruits and vegetables. Yeah, so I think the like a big thing and distinguishing that they're they're not two separate things. It's like intermittent fasting is a particular way in which you can get into ketosis, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. So when people, what, what, what do you commonly see that people do wrong when it comes to, Let's go. Let's 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 start with veganism. What do you think? What do you see commonly when people do wrong with that? I mean, like probably like you said, French fries and Oreos uh, are t- are technically vegan too. But I think so many people are going vegan nowadays that what do you see most people do wrong when they do so? The biggest thing I see when people go vegan is they find a food that they like and that's it. They mm. hammer home at that one food or that group of foods, um, and. <laughs> I often see people eat the same color. So, you know, if you like brown food, they just eat brown. Mm-hmm. If they're eating, you know, green, they just go green. Wow. And when it comes to veganism, and honestly, any diet, you yeah. arrange your colors. You want some red, you want yellow, you want purple, you want green. And this is the number one mistake I see most people make. So when they come to me and they're going, oh, well, I have all these deficiencies. You know, I'm B12 deficient. I'm vitamin D deficient. Yeah. And the first thing I think is because you're eating the same food. We we were meant to range our foods so we get the full spectrum of vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, etc. So that's to me, uh, that's the number one thing I see uh, people doing the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I think that's one thing a lot of people don't realize, but it's just it's kind of simple concept that you think most people would know that different colors represent different vitamins and different minerals. Right. Um, yeah. So when you're coaching people to, to maybe start going vegan, what is maybe the biggest struggle that they have when they, when they start trying to take on that process? The biggest struggle, honestly, is, uh, socially, Mm. socially, um, even though veganism is very popular now, it's still in most pockets of the earth. Um, it's still fairly new to people's family. So often I'm getting the first person of their family to go vegan. Right. So all of the family gatherings, all the friends getting together, everybody's making fun of them. Everybody thinks, you know, this is just some new fad that they're going to do for a week and it's not going to work. Yeah. So what I found when, when working with clients is that it's not just enough for me to support them with their nutrition and their workouts. I have to support them socially and mentally and emotionally because of course they don't have anyone in their corner (laughs) so that has been one of the biggest issues i've seen this far yeah so what are the couple strategies and techniques that you try to implement with them in in order to like have limit how much of an issue that that part is um i've for the most part created a like a tribe or community where if you can't get you know, the tribe or that, that, um, that social impact or that social feeling of, Oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. You can't get that at home. You can't get that. uh, When you go out with your friends, you can always come to my platform. You can always come to my groups. You can always come and know that you're not the only one. And at at one point in time, I've had upwards of 2,800 people in that group. So it's a big family. Um, but awesome. It's, it's really good because people can share ideas and they can kind of, you know, even vent about their family members <laughs> in this yeah. group. So, yeah, it's been very helpful. So what would you – I feel like a lot of people, like you said, are skeptical of family members and friends. What I'm trying to think of the best way to, to phrase the question. How, what, what would you say to a skeptic of veganism? Or what, I guess maybe what is their most common misconception and what would you say to that? Mm-hmm. The most – common misconception I see is that um, veganism is unhealthy. You can't get everything from a plant. Yeah. You can't get everything from veganism. There are some things you have to get from an animal-based source. And when I hear this, first of all, without judging, <laughs> the first thing I say is, okay, 
you are just missing some information. Mm -hmm. You just haven't been fully informed, and that's okay. Um, so when I hear things like B12, of course, everybody says that. <laughs> Where you know you're going to be short in B12, or you're going to yep. be short in you know other you know vitamins and minerals, and same thing. They're misinformed. They just don't know enough information. So my my goal, of course, is to educate and say, hey, you can get your B12 from sea vegetables. Um, you know, a lot of animals uh, get their B12 from, of course, supplements as well, because B12 comes from dirt. And because the dirt and the chemtrails, and they, or not chemtrails, but the uh, pesticides and herbicides and things like that, the chemicals that are in the dirt, it's killing off the bacteria, period. So we don't have B12 in the dirt, so the animals aren't eating the dirt that has the B12. So mm. they are also supplementing the animals to have the B12. So when we eat animals or if we eat dirt, it has to be supplemented either way. <laughs> so that's one of those things, you know, of many that I kind of have to take people through and say, hey, this is what's going on and you can still get everything you need from plants. Right. Okay, cool. So I want to go back to you because you mentioned it and I feel like a lot of people will be upset if I don't bring it back up. As you said, you eat, when you do your fasting, you eat usually within a two hour period. So I want you to talk a little bit about how you go about doing that, what you eat during that two hour period and why you do it and the benefits of it. Right. Um, so it depends on the day, of course, what I, you know, what I'm craving or, you know, I, I try to schedule it around I do a lot of uh, lunch meetings or dinner meetings or, you know, um, but what I like to do is always break my fast with something fairly um, raw. So, you know, fruits, vegetables, whether it's a nice size smoothie, um, lots, of course, uh, sea vegetables. We're talking about bladderwrack and kelp and dulse, chlorella. I love all of my sea vegetables. Yeah. This is where a lot of our minerals come from. So I may do a big smoothie, fruit smoothie, um, some vegetables, sea vegetables, of course, uh, before I eat. And when I say a big smoothie, I'm talking 72 ounces, like the whole blender. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I just drink it out of the blender, right? That's awesome. Um, that usually will account for about anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 calories. Um, I'll kind of sit for a second. It'll take me about 30 minutes to drink that. Um, I'll sit for a second um, and then maybe after about 30 minutes, I'll go back in and just have a huge meal of one of my favorite is black rice, mung beans or chickpeas. I kind of switch those out. Um, I'll add a little barbecue sauce and um, I'll put avocado on top and just kind of eat. And it's like this perfect combination of just, you know, carbohydrates, proteins, fats, you know, a little sweetness from the barbecue sauce. It's just a perfect flavor for me. I love it. Uh, that's one of my go-to meals. Um, and of course, how I keep my muscle because a lot of people wonder, how in the heck do you stay 210 pounds, you know, <laughs> year yeah. round eating that way? And that's pretty much how. Yeah, well, that's a, that's kind of what was going to lead into my, my next question is, you know, if someone sees a picture of you, you're a big guy, not, not overweight, but you're a big guy, big frame. So- in like a quick, uh, in a quick minute, how, how what is your explanation if somebody sees a picture of you? And you're like, this guy's a big guy. He's only eating within this two hour window. He's a vegan. Like, what's your explanation for it? <laughs> um, a part of it, I, I blame on fasting. Uh, <laughs> fasting has a huge part to do with it that many of us weren't taught. I grew up in a bodybuilding community. Once I got into training, that's all we knew: eat six meals a day. Got to get yep. your protein, right? You have all these misconceptions. And of course, uh, as I dove deeper into the, this information, I knew or I came to find out that when you fast, our body goes, or when we get into ketosis, excuse me, our body goes into a muscle sparing state. Um, and the longer you go, because sometimes I will fast for about 72 hours sometimes. And <sighs> Um, the longer you go on your fast, of course, the more leucine sparing, which is an amino acid that you become. And this allows us to hold on to muscle while also becoming sensitive. I'm not sure if you ever heard of like carb sensitivity, protein sensitivity, but these are basically things that say your body gets so used to not having the protein or carbs because you're fasting that when you yeah. go back and eat them, the body absorbs and soaks up pretty much all of it. And this is one of my biggest explanations on how I, I rarely eat more than 120 grams of protein a day. Yeah. That's about it. And literally, uh, you know, I haven't lost any strength and, I, and I'm not competing or 
aiming to lift, you know, heavier than anybody. I just simply lift to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I consider myself a pre- pretty strong guy. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much how I do it, man. I love it. I love it. So through this process, obviously you gained so much knowledge from your own um, your own studying and your own experiences and your own and going through it yourself. But you said you were about nineteen uh, earlier about kind of when you decided you want to do it full time. So what did it look like in the early stages and the early steps of I'm going to make this a business? Or the, I know I, wa- I I know I want to make this a business. Here are my first few steps. So what are the first few things that you did in order to make it what you did full time? Um, the first thing was just study. Um, I am a, you know, I'm one of the first generations that got the internet. <laughs> so I've always been an internet baby, a Google baby. Anything I need to know, I just, I try to Google it first and see where I can lead or where that will lead me to. And um, a- as I was on my search for more information about entrepreneurship, things like that, I ran into many, um, what we would consider influencers in the space, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk's, things yeah. like that. And I came to realize that, you know, really quickly that, um, we have a saying called the, the game is to be sold and not to be told. Mm-hmm. And I realized quickly that if I was going to learn how to do this in a big way, I was going to have to pay somebody. <laughs> and this is what started my whole journey. So I, I would work a job part time while I was trying to actually grow my business. And I would put a lot of my money into what I was doing. So I, I remember hiring my first coach. I was buying um, like courses and programs. And this is before, I mean, you can find courses and programs on anything now, but back then you had to really search for them. And I would, you know, get different programs and courses and literally it's an education thing. And I just kept studying and studying and studying because, you know, the algorithms of Instagram and the algorithms of Facebook and YouTube changes, you have to keep up with this stuff. Yeah. Um, And that was one of the biggest things for me is just learning that my number one key especially back then, it's not necessarily that way now, was to just blow up your content. I mean, literally every day, five, six times a day, you need to be posting something. Mm. Because the more you could put up there, the more the algorithm would kind of just take you to the top. Um, so that was my my thing at first. So if you go to my YouTube, I have like 350 YouTube videos. Yeah. That's why. Uh, okay. <laughs> for, for a while, I was posting videos literally every day, every day. Yeah. Um, so that started everything off. I kind of got a little, um, a little, you know, recognition, and then it kind of cut off a little bit because the algorithms changed. And then that's when uh, I had to had to level up. <laughs> so yeah, well, let's talk about that time period when you when the you said there was that kind of like stagnant area and you had to or stagnant time and you had to level up. What was that time like? I guess like psychologically, were you did you ever have the like doubt of, oh crap, like, am I not going to be able to make it now? Maybe I should stop doing this or, or kind of what did that look like? And then how did you start start to level up? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. I kind of went into this space. Um, there's a book called The Dip. I can't remember the author of it. Um, very easy read, uh, maybe two, three hours. Um, but he talks about how every entrepreneur usually has this time where they dip right before they take off. Mm. And I was going through my dip. And I'm thinking all of these, what I call limiting beliefs, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. This this entrepreneurship thing's not going to work. You know, there aren't enough vegans for me to, you know, get programs out to. Nobody <laughs> wants this stuff. But you know, you have all these thoughts, right? Right. And um, I just stuck it out. I said, you know what? I, I don't give up. I, I've come too far. And if anybody can make it, I can make it. Mm-hmm. So I just... I, I made it through it. I went through maybe a three month just period of just very low income. Like my income dropped dramatically. I was just in the dump. And when, and if I can help anybody through their dip, one of the things you do in the dip is you study, mm. study in the dip. And the reason why is because when things are going good, you're not really worried about, not many of us, you just get used to, um, serving. So if, you know, whatever it is you're doing, so you make podcasts, you just get, you know, you get caught up in booking more people for podcasts and and getting the podcast out and, you know, pushing everything towards that podcast. You're on your grind. But in the dip, 
because there's no grind, this is the most pivotal point for you to start studying more and mm-hmm. get introduced to things that you probably wouldn't, you know, get introduced to in your inside of your grind. That was kind of my period. And that's when I, you know, I learned some things and I got connected to some people that I never thought I'd get connected to. Yeah. And then things took off from there. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think um, if you take the time to go back and study, then like different sparks of creativity will kind of come up in your head and give you ideas of what you can do to actually move forward um, and, and start to grow from there. Um, what do you think? Was there anything that most important that you was the biggest game changer during that dip, during that study point for you that was like, okay, now this is like the shifting moment of I know what I want to do or I know this is what I'm going to change and this is going to allow me to level up. Um, I think there's two that come to mind that are very equal to me. Um, the first one was I realized no one was going to help me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, no one, because there's no motivation to reach down and help people for the most part. And I'm looking up and I'm, you know, I'm, direct messaging all these bigger people. Hey, help me out. Like, I need help. How did you get up there? Nobody's answering their DMs, which is one big reason why I answer mine. Mm. I have 240,000 followers and I still answer every DM. That's awesome. Uh, Because I remember being the person at the bottom, reaching up, trying to get the DM answered and nobody answered. And that was one of the, the biggest, you know, things that happened to me that, hey, you're in this alone. Like nobody's going to help you. And if you don't find out a way to, because I really believe that you still have to have help. You just have to find a way to convince people to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of took that as fuel and I said, okay, I'm going to find out how to get the help. And that's when I ran up on my first coach. Um, his name was AJ, uh, AJ. And same thing. He had a lot of followers. He's making a lot of money. He was killing it on the online space. He had no motivation to help me for free. But I told him, hey, just give me a price, man. I'll come up with it. (laughs) And of course, his price was like something crazy, like $6,000. And as a struggling entrepreneur, I didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, But I took a loan out, Mm. which leads me to my second thing. If you're not willing to bet on yourself Mm. and, and put yourself, I mean, literally bet the house on it pretty much. If you're not willing to do that, nobody else is going to be willing to do it for you. Mm, yeah. So that's why I say those two are very uh, similar to me and I, I keep them close because that's what, as soon as I stop listening to those two things, I take a dip a little bit, even now at the top. If I don't remember, hey, you got to get a coach to get to the next level. If I try to do it on my own, I take a dip every time. Mm. I, I forget, hey, you got to put more money back into your business. I take a dip. <laughs> and those are the two things that as long as I keep putting more money into my business and keep having some type of mentor, coach, somebody who's just above me helping me, I, I just keep going up. Yeah. You were talking about that or you were posting about that on your Instagram story today, right? You said about like you pay a certain amount of money until you get to a certain level and then you need to pay more money to get right. to the higher level <laughs> and that just, just continues to go and go. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, and I, And I really liked how you said how Nobody's going to help you. You have to make it happen. It's funny because when my sister just graduated from college um, this past May and we were all sitting down and for, for dinner and I asked everybody on our family and I was like, all right, everybody, I'm going to put everybody on the spot. What's one piece of advice that you would give to Kelsey, who's my little sister? And kind of that's what I said. I was like, if you want something to happen, you have to make it happen. It's not, it's not just, it's not just going to come to you. Um, but I want to kind of go to stay, stay in this space a little bit in the, like the, early on entrepreneur, maybe in this dip stage, was there a most important decision that you made early on that you didn't realize the importance or the significance of when you did it, but you realized it a little bit later? Subconsciously, yes. Um, I heard a saying, um, actually it's a story about, um, I want to say it was the Moors. Uh, when they went into Spain, um, they sailed into Spain. And when they got there, they burned the ships and they say, hey, we're here in Spain. There's no turning back because we just set our ships on fire. So you have to make it work here or you lose. Hmm. And that subconsciously resonated with me. And I always would approach everything basically that I did with a burn the ships mentality. Hmm. Because we often, and it's a human nature, we often try to always have a plan B. 
we try to have that fallback plan. Well, if this, if this doesn't work, I'll go back to law school. If this doesn't work, I'll go back to my regular job, right? And this, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, this usually creates a, uh, I don't want to say a lazy mentality, yeah. but you just don't work as hard. You, you don't have the same, or you don't have the same level of urgency. Exactly. It's just not that, you know, it's not that important to you, right? Because you do have a fallback plan. But when you don't have a fallback plan, which was my significant thing, I didn't have a fallback plan. This had to work. That's it. The mm-hmm. end. <laughs> and that mentality in itself, that's what led me to get to where I am because I couldn't, I couldn't fail. It wasn't an option. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, I think that's so, so important too. The podcast that I just recently released kind of had a, he talks about the similar thing, how you have to put yourself in a pr- pressure situation to increase your level of your sense of urgency. And, and because that's when you really start taking action, you start doing things that you wouldn't have done otherwise if you had that fallback plan. Um, so you're also a big now coach of, of entrepreneurs and business people and, or, and trainers and coaches really for the most part, to my understanding, what do you think that most of these trainers and coaches are doing wrong? Like, what do you see them doing wrong? And what's like maybe the first step that you tell them to do in terms of leveling up? Right. Um, the biggest thing most coaches and really any business owner, period, because I've worked with some restaurants and things. The biggest thing people are doing wrong is they are using the same methods that got them where they are, expecting a different result. Mm. Right. And it's like, hey, uh, and I think it's just actually like a saying that people, you know, usually spurt out and they say, uh the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Yeah. But that's what most entrepreneurs are doing. They're working hard and they're putting up content. They're doing the same things that they, the same information and knowledge that they, they've already had. They're using that same stuff, expecting it to take them to a higher level. And the first thing I do is I come in and shake them up and go, no, you don't have the information to get up here yet. You don't have the systems, the processes, or even the mindset sometimes to get here. So you have to go find it and, Mm. you know, learn it from someone. So that's usually the number one thing I see people doing wrong is they're using the same or applying the same things, uh, trying to get a different result. And it just never works. Yeah. I think, I think that's really important because I think a lot of us do, I mean, especially now we're so impatient and I'm the same way. We're so impatient that we want to get to the next level of success so quickly, faster, faster, faster. That like if for some reason we got up there, we didn't do the a good enough job laying the foundation, building the systems, building the processes in order to sustain that level of success. And if we didn't, then we'll lose it as quickly as it came. So it's important to build that foundation and realize that you have to be patient. And, and you know, I, it's funny you say that because one thing that I like to say is if you want speed and if you want, because we call it a success curve. There's a way to jump the curve. So you have a, a line that goes straight and then you have a way to kind of jump that line. And the only way to jump that curve is to basically say, hey, somebody has to jump me through that curve. Because usually we try to learn it on our own, which is a very long process. But if you get someone to take you a straight route there and this works for anything, you want to clean your house, hire somebody to help you clean it. Right. Mm-hmm. You want, um, I mean, this works anything. You want to cook a meal super fast. Well, maybe four hands instead of two is better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's always, you know, two heads are better than one. All of these sayings, they make sense, but we never seem to apply them to the business. Yeah. And that's usually what it is. If you want to jump ahead and make it fast, you hire someone who's already done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like like you said, if somebody wants to make more money in their business, they hire a coach. It's exactly what you did and continue to do. If somebody needs to get fit, they hire a trainer. They hire a trainer, right? But, but still, so many people don't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to actually take that leap. Um, what is one piece of advice? I guess, I mean, you've probably already hit it a number of things, but I want to see if you come up with, if you have anything different. What is one piece of advice that you would give yourself when you were an early on entrepreneur starting out? either right starting out in that dip, what is the, knowing what you know now, what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself back then? Um, fail faster. Mm. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the quicker I fail, the quicker I realize what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, because a lot of things that I've done might've taken me six months to realize it didn't work. 
But if I would have just figured out that it wouldn't work in a week, I could have saved myself six months. <laughs> yeah. So that's one, that's been one of my things that I actually took from another entrepreneur that I've worked with. Um, fail fast, fail fast. And the quicker you fail, the quicker you can get to the actual thing that works. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I definitely would tell myself that just figure it out early as possible. And the best way to do that is just to continue to fail until you figure it out. Okay. I like it. I like it. I definitely can, can resonate with that for sure. And, and number of failures with this, with this podcast myself, number of times where, or a couple of times where I for, forgot to click record. It's, it's like, like, how do you forget? How do you forget that? I like cropped the camera wrong, different things like that. But the quicker I made those mistakes, the the quicker I was able to, uh, to adjust on them. So I, re- I remembered, I remembered when I wanted to ask earlier, um, is there anything right now that you currently struggle with most with your own with your own health um i think for the most part for me the biggest thing i struggle with is um the influx of people that come in i have that same i think we all do we tend to have that same mentality whereas i tend to say okay i'll just work with the people and i won't work out today I'll mm. that one. and i'll push it to tomorrow right as when you know when i was really focused and zoned in working out was a priority right I had to get an hour in a day. And here recently, you know, I, we talked about early, you know, I filmed so many podcasts and have so many interviews and speaking engagements and, you know, working with thousands of people and this and that. And I just tend to sometimes forget. I, you know, I don't get to watch TV. I, I don't eat a lot. I don't get to work out. And it's because I'm trying to serve so many people and help so many people. And yeah, that's one of the things I think for me, um, working out just kind of got pushed in the background. Um, but what I do make sure uh, happens is that I follow my diet. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if I eat wrong and I don't work out, then everything goes to, I mean, it just gets bad. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I had a very similar thought process yesterday when I was going, I was planning out my day. I was like, I don't, I don't always work out on Thursdays. If I take a day off, it's usually a Thursday, but um, I'm currently doing a, a trying to run a sub five minute mile. I've just set, I set that goal for myself, okay. and so I'm doing a decent amount of running. And but I want to I want to hold on to as much much muscle as I can. So it's like I, I got to get to the gym. And I was like, but is it really going to matter if I miss this one day? And I was like, it's not about this one day. It's right. not about this one day. It's about making it a priority and actually getting there and doing it. Um, so I think one of the biggest, one of the most important things in order to get closer to the best version of yourself is kind of visualizing what you want for yourself, mm-hmm. being able to have a little bit more clarity on defining where you want to be in a couple of weeks, in six months, a year, two years, that sort of thing, and visualizing what that person looks like and what they're doing. So what does the process of that look like for you? Like, how do you go about trying to visualize and get gain more clarity on where you want to be in the future? Um, I wish I had my pad right here. Normally I keep a pad on my desk uh, Okay. in the process of like moving things out of here. Uh, so everything looks, you know, a mess. Uh, but I keep a pad that I write in every day, like a notepad and I write my goals down, my, my future, you know, what, and I say they're goals, but I speak almost in uh present, like it's in present now. Uh, hmm. So if let's just say, if I want to make, you know, $20,000. Right. Instead of saying I want or I will, I say I make twenty thousand dollars. Right. So I'm literally putting myself in that future space. That way it kind of helps me to manifest it just because I've been writing it every day. Yeah. It helps me to be more intentional. So I usually I try to do three. I try to do one that's financial. I try to do one that's health related. And then I try to do one that's relationship related. So uh, for, for me, I know my wife, you know, as a busy entrepreneur, sometimes your wife just gets pushed in the background, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I put on there that I want to spend more time with my wife. Um, for my, of course, health, I try to put on there that, of course, I want to make sure I make it to the gym, you know, every day, get at least an hour in. And then, of course, for my, for my financial, I'm on my next level. Um, I'm actually working my way to uh, $25,000 a month, oh, a week, excuse me. Uh, so that's my next goal. So th- these are literally my goals I write down every day. And that helps me to just just manifest and, and visualize what the future looks like. So do you? is it the same goal that you write down like every single day? Every single day until I accomplish it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Have you read Think and Grow Rich? 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, of course. That's what I thought of when you started, started to say that. Well, that's awesome. I think, I mean, and I think I, I try to do visualization too. I don't do it as consistently as I tell myself I should. Um, because I just believe so much in the power of that. And if you see it or if you write it down, it's so much more likely that you actually make it come true. Um, but before I ask the last question, I want to acknowledge you, Tay, because I think that first of, first, because of your service, you're serving so many, so many people now. You respond to all your DMs, like you said, having 241,000 followers and still respond to every DM. I think that's super cool, um, because of your experience in the past of not getting responded by everybody and you want to be able to kind of uh, knock that barrier down for other people. Um, and also for your ability to be able to invest in yourself because I think that is so something that a lot of people aren't able to do. A lot of people are, are fearful and fall back on that plan B, but for you to have plan A and no plan B and fully invest in yourself and, and spend money on yourself that you don't even have at the time and you continue to spend more money to level up because you know you have the confidence confidence in yourself. I think that's something that's super unique, really important for an entrepreneur and something that's definitely been incremental in your own success. So I think that's super cool and, and awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. Well, I want to make sure everybody follows you and supports you and everything like that. So you're at, uh, on Instagram, obviously, Tay Sweat. I am the vegan trainer. Um, get the book, How to Vegan Keto. I, like I said, I just read it, um, actually on, on the Kindle app. Super great read. Super quick. And he boils down, um, vegan and keto to very understandable words that you can start to easily take action on. Actually, I've actually had the thought that when I'm done with this sub five minute mile goal and hopefully I achieve it, I think I might want to do a three day, a three day fast. Right. I say that now, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I think I want to try it because you make it, you're so convincing in the benefits of it and, and everything like that. Um, and I know you got the new podcast. So I want to, you just take a second to tell everybody how they can best support you with the new podcast on social media, website, and that kind of stuff. Absolutely, man. Um, and thank you, by the way. Um, of course, like you said, Instagram, Tay Sweat. Um, same thing, Facebook, YouTube, Tay Sweat. Uh, that's where the podcast, I will do a video podcast there um, on YouTube. And then, of course, I will be um, putting it on iTunes and Stitcher and you know, everywhere else. Right. Um, the new podcast I have coming out is called Show Up and Blow Up. Um, it's for entrepreneurs, coaches, nutritionists, I mean, trainers, anyone who's looking to basically move from in-person to online. I'm convincing you and I'm, I'm challenging you to show up so that you can blow up your Instagram, so you can blow up your business, so you can get to that level you want to be. And I'm kind of playing it on, you know, making a play on words because not only do you need to show up and listen to the podcast, but you need to show up inside of your business. Mm. So that's kind of what, you know, why I made it that way, because I want you to show up in both ways. And if you do show up, you get the education from me in the podcast and then you actually apply it and show up in your business, your business will blow up easily. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I don't know if you saw one of my taglines on my, my email is show up and show out. I love it. <laughs> because I just think, I think so many people think, especially it's applicable in the gym. I think so many people think it's just enough to just walk in the gym. But it's like, no, you have to bring your best effort every single day. Um, but that's awesome. Are you still working on a new book for for vegan athlete or for athletes, basically? So, yeah, I'm actually – and I got stuck in between two because now I have a request for the entrepreneur book. So okay. uh, I started on that book. And then, of course, I'm working on my entrepreneur book because a lot of people want more information about that. So, yeah, I'm definitely tag teaming both of those. Maybe I'll release them both at the same time and do a, th a third and a fourth book at once. I think yeah. that'd be pretty cool. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be awesome. Well, if they, uh, whenever you get that done, we'll have to have you back on so we can talk more specifically and that sort of stuff. Well, Tay, the last question is, I think that becoming the best version of yourself is a constant journey. I think we're always chasing down um, that, that best version. I also think it's a very unique journey. I think some of us definitely have similar things that we have to go through and very similar lessons and principles that we have to apply in our life. But I think the way that I'm going to get to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get to the best version of yourself. So what I want to ask for you personally is if, is if there are currently three things that you could work on or do to get closer to the best version of yourself. What are those three things that you could currently do or work on? That's, that's great. Um, I know just kind of staying uh, congruent with what I mentioned earlier, keep writing the, those goals down mm. um, because it's all about being intentional for me. And 
with so many people coming into my space and asking questions and wanting, you know, requesting this, requesting that. If I don't write those goals down and I'm not intentional, I get lost in responding or reacting. So that's one for me. Uh, number two, I think it's just going to be to continue to move forward. I always say if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. If you're not living or eating to live, you're eating to die. <laughs> you're moving backwards, right? Uh, so me, it's just keep moving forward even when things may not be working for you. And, and my third one is to be ethical. Um, I've, I've always had a, a, a mindset that if no matter what circumstances you're in, if you're ethical and you treat people right, and you work fairly hard. You don't even have to work super hard. Just ethical and fairly hard. You're going to be successful. That's just my mindset. That's my faith. That's what I believe. And it's worked out so far. So <laughs> I keep following that one definitely. Awesome. Well, those are three great things. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate it, Tay. That's all we got, man. Man, thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Tay. If you did, go send him a quick DM on Instagram. Like he said, he replies to every single one of them, even though he has over 200,000 followers. I know he'd love to hear your favorite part of the interview. It's always great for guests to get some positive feedback after an episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go leave it a quick review on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. That'd be a great way for you to support the show and to ensure I can continue to bring great guests on like Tay. Remember, those of you who are looking to possibly go vegan or who want to try keto or intermittent fasting, Go in with a solid education about it. These things can be helpful. However, you need to know what you're doing when implementing them into your own lives or you won't reap the benefits. Follow a trusted source like Tay, who's worked with thousands of people when trying to become vegan. He knows what works, what doesn't, and all the challenges that come along with them. And remember, you entrepreneurs out there, don't be afraid to invest in yourself if you believe in what you're doing and you believe that you're in for it for the long haul. Remember to study in the dip. If your business isn't where you want it right now, then hit the books. Read articles online. Don't get ahead of yourself when you're not ready for the growth. You got to build a solemn foundation of systems and processes that it takes to make success sustainable. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you share it with a friend. Leave a rating and review and subscribe to the show if you haven't yet already. This podcast is growing like wildfire. This community is growing and you don't want to fall behind. I hope you guys can take something from this episode and use it to ensure that you go to sleep this evening just a little bit better than you woke up. Because if we do that day in and day out, that allows you to constantly get closer and closer to your best you.